The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Right now, we are previewing AFC Wild Card Matchup, Saturday night, 8-15, primetime at the bank. Chargers at Jaguars, a rematch of Week 3, where the Jaguars beat the Chargers down 38-10. There's been a lot that's changed on both sides of this matchup since Week 3. So I do want to caution Jaguars fans against expecting a repeat of that. But we're going to dive into this football game. Jags offense versus Chargers defense, vice versa. All that fun stuff. We'll dive into it right now. First, like to remind you, hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. If you could hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube, helps the channel out a ton. Could not be doing this without y'all. So seriously, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Thanks for supporting the channel. All right, so like I said, rematch of week three where the Jaguars went into L.A. and beat the Chargers 38-10. to That was not a contest. And, of course, Chargers were dealing with some things that week. You know, Justin Herbert was, was just coming off the big rib injury. Joey Bosa sustained an injury early against the Jaguars. You also had Rayshon Slater, their starting left tackle, one of the better young left tackles in football, sustaining a long, uh, long-term injury in that contest. He has been designated to return from IR, but he will not be good to go this week. Rayshon Slater will not be. But Joey Bosa, he's good to go. Looked like he got nicked up a little bit after returning from his injury this past week. But uh, he's been a full participant in practice, so Joey Bosa, star pass rusher, he will be good to go for the Chargers in this one. But on the field... I'm just excited to watch these two offense. I mean, th- there's a lot that goes into this football game. A lot. But you have Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, two of the very best young quarterbacks in football. And two of the best quarterbacks in football, bar none, regardless of age right now. These two kids are playing at an extremely high level. Trevor Lawrence is 23. Justin Herbert's 24. And these guys are really kind of similar quarterbacks when you talk about what they can do physically and when you talk about um, the way they see the field. I really like these two young kids. They both got the flowing locks. They're both big, athletic guys with strong arms that are smart. Um, You know, Herbert's about 6'6", 235. Trevor's 6'6", 220. They're really similar, really similar skill set. And I think both of these kids are going to be among the NFL's best for a decade plus here in Los Angeles and Jacksonville. And this is their first matchup in the playoffs against each other, and it's each of them's first playoff matchup ever as a whole. So I think that um, hopefully you see these two at their best. You you don't want nerves to creep in or anything like that, and it become a, a sloppy football game, but 
this has the potential to be the quarterback matchup of Wild Card Weekend and one of the best quarterback matchups of the entire 2022 playoffs. It also has the potential to be one of the best head coaching matchups. Why? Doug Peterson, we all know and love, one of the best leaders in the sport at the coaching position. Also, one of the very best offensive play callers and offensive minds in the game today. Brandon Staley, he's a he's another guy for the Chargers, their head coach. Big-time leader, players believe in him. And he's a defensive coach, a defensive specialist, a guy who is a master defensive game planner. So you've got two great coaches, two great leaders, and Doug Peterson's on the offensive side of the ball going head-to-head versus Brandon Staley on the defensive side of the ball with this chess match. That's huge. Uh, I think that this is a good matchup for the NFL from a quarterback perspective and from a coaching perspective. And that's why you see it is on Saturday night. It is in primetime. NBC, you've got Al Michaels and Tony Dungy on the call. Winner goes to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and those Chiefs. So uh, not a great reward having to go out to Kansas City, go to Arrowhead and take down my Super Bowl favorite to start the year. One of the best teams over the last five years. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, unbelievable stuff in Kansas City. But that's that's what the winner is going to get. That's going to be the reward for for winning this football game, this wild card matchup. Mike Williams. Talking about Brandon Staley being a good leader, which I think he is. I think his players have been bought in since he's gotten there. I think he gets the, the best out of them in a lot of ways. But... I don't know what he's been doing with the injuries this year, uh, with game management this year. It has not been Staley's finest year in that regard. I mean, you have the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 18 going up against the Denver Broncos in a game that does not matter. Mike Williams gets hurt in that game. Joey Bosa gets nicked up in that game. Kenneth Murray gets nicked up in that game. Keenan Allen... He's been one of the most injury-prone receivers in the league. Let's call it what it is. He had to play that entire game because the Chargers only dressed four players at the right receiver position. Why? And then after the game, Brandon Staley's kind of sticking to his gun saying, well, we had this plan, and then, you know, kind of giving the excuse, oh, the roster size, we can only dress 48 people. Yeah, we're aware of that. And you still see other teams around the league resting their star players during the these games that don't matter. Check out what Brian Dable's doing in New York. It's not hard to figure out, Brandon. Now, look, I like Brandon Staley. I've liked a lot of what he's done as a defensive play caller, a defensive schemer, a head coach. But this I do not understand. I do not understand how he handled the the. Week 18 game, I don't understand how he handled Herbert earlier in the year. There's just been some weird things happening in Los Angeles, in my opinion. The latest is you see Mike Williams is day-to-day with a back injury. One of their most important players on offense, bar none, most important players on the team. Mike Williams, their best outside receiver. Their best downfield threat from a ball-winning perspective. He hasn't practiced yet this week. I don't know how you foil that. I don't know how you feel about that if you're a Chargers fan. 
And I think he'll suit up. I think he'll play, but how, how healthy he's going to be. We'll find out. On the Jaguars injury front, they're looking pretty good. You've only got Ross Matisic that you're worried about, the long snapper, but he's been dealing with a back injury for the last uh, half month or so, and I think he'll be good to go for this one too. Got a little revenge game for Rayshon Jenkins going up against his former team. He didn't play with all the guys that are on the squad now, but a lot of the players he he did spend a lot of time with. You talk about Derwin James. Um, they played together for a while. So a little bit of a re- revenge game for Rayshon Jenkins here. See if, see if he's able to come up with some more magic for the Jaguars defense. This is a guy that has had two game-winning plays over the last five weeks. Jamal Agnew has been named the Jaguars' sixth captain of the week. Well-deserved, in my opinion. This is a guy who has battled through injury this year, battled to get back from injury throughout the offseason, and you see him have his best performance. Even though he didn't score a touchdown, that was one of the best performances of his career last week as a returner, both punts and kicks. He was getting it done consistently. seemed like he was getting 30, 40 yards on every return. So um, Jamal Agnew being the sixth captain this week, very well deserved for him. Jags are going to be wearing teal, teal tops, white pants. So uh, you can call it a teal out again if you want. I would definitely recommend trying to wear some teal. It is going to be a cold one in Jacksonville on Saturday night. So uh, dress accordingly. Make sure to look at the weather app before you head out there. Um, Stay warm, Duval, for sure. But getting into this, Jaguars offense, Chargers defense, Like I've said, Brandon Staley, he's one of the best defensive game planners in the business. The problem is they've got some weak points on that side of the ball from a personnel and a schematic standpoint. Their run defense is among the worst in football. They struggle to tackle uh, all over the field. The linebackers, in my opinion, have been very meh. The interior has been fairly meh. Defensive interior. They do have Derwin James, who's one of the best playmakers in the league at at safety, he'll be moving all around the field. Michael Davis has uh, come in for J.C. Jackson, and he's played really damn well at cornerback. So they've got a lot going on there in the secondary. They've got some pieces they really like. Asante Samuel, uh, they love him, but he's had some ups and downs, hasn't been great against the run, so they've been getting Jasir Taylor in there at times, Ja Taylor. Subs in a lot, and I think when he subs in, you can take advantage of him in coverage. So when you see him in the football game, if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're making checks at the line, you're like, all right, we got this. We shouldn't be running the ball on this one. We should be taking advantage of the coverage here. You talk about taking advantage of things. Doug Peterson is a master of exploiting opponent weaknesses. You've seen it all year. I have no reason to believe that doesn't continue against the Chargers defense, which again, I pointed out, they've got some weak points. So you've got Doug Peterson, one of the fastest weapons in the game at running back against a team that struggles to fit and defend the run and tackle. I think you like that matchup if you're a Jaguars fan. Like I said, Pass defense is not perfect. Uh, I don't think that the linebackers are great in coverage. I think you can take advantage of Jasir Taylor. Um, And look, they try, generally speaking, to put a shell on the field, a roof over the offense. 
where you're not getting past this point. You're not getting explosive plays. And quite frankly, the Jags, they're probably going to be fine with that. This is a team that is comfortable with the quick game, comfortable with getting Trevor Lawrence, uh, getting the ball out of his hands in 2.2, 2.3 seconds. You've seen him do that several times throughout this year. He's been one of the quickest to release the ball all year long, and that just shows comfortability with the offense, understanding the play design, and getting the ball out quickly, getting into your playmaker's hands because the Jaguars do have athletes on that side of the ball. Jamal Agnew, athlete. Evan Ingram, athlete. Christian Kirk, athlete. They've got guys that can do it with with the ball in their hands. Travis Etienne, you know. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars just try to go super surgical offensively in terms of just snap, quick drop, get the ball out. That's really what the Chargers generally allow you to do. Now, will they have a different plan this week, the Chargers? Will they try to press you up a little bit more, which could force Trevor to hold on to the ball? They could try that. I think if they focus on that, Doug will probably exploit the man-to-man matchups and and uh, create some man beaters and, and do, win it that way in terms of, you know, I'm not saying win the game, but you know, run the offense in that manner. I just can't wait to see how Doug handles this one, the early part of this one versus Brandon Staley. I think that chess match is going to be fantastic. Um, Like I said, the Chargers try to press up a little bit more, get a little bit more aggressive with the Jaguars' offense. Do they play their typical coverage where they're kind of just putting a shell, cover two shell, putting a roof over the defense. They actually haven't run a ton of cover two this year, surprisingly, but they'll still give you those two high safety looks, split field looks. Um, so, yeah, and then when you get into the Jags defense versus the Chargers offense, Chargers, Joe Lombardi, offensive coordinator, they run a ton of horizontal concepts, despite not really having the speed to make that uber-effective Despite having a quarterback that has a howitzer of an arm, I think team speed on offense is a bit of an issue for the Chargers. And again, you're going to have to be worried about how is Mike Williams? Is he is he active? Is he ready to go? Again, has not participated in practice this week for the Chargers. Their best outside receiver. But for me, looking at the Jaguars defense versus the Chargers offense, how do you defend the slot, the tight ends? Keenan Allen, he's a slot superstar. Uh, Gerald Everett, a very effective and athletic receiving tight end. How do you defend these guys? Uh, Trey Herndon, Jaguars linebackers, zone coverages. What are we doing? How are we? Uh, how are we playing this? How are we slowing these guys down? Because that has been the Jaguars' weakness: is slot receivers and tight ends. Are there any weak points that you can kind of attack in, in, in the offensive line and pass protection? I think there are in the Jaguars. They've got 16 sacks in the last five games. They've been on a tear with their pressure packages. Josh Allen's been playing great. Arden Key, a lot of these guys. Uh, I think that, honestly, the left side of the offensive line can be had a little bit. When you talk about Matt Filer at left guard, Jamari Sawyer, who's a good young player I like a lot. He should probably be playing guard, not tackle. He should probably not be lining up against guys like Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. Uh, But we'll see how that plays out. I'm curious how Staley tries to attack Mike Caldwell's defense here and Of course, Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator, but Staley will have a hand in this plan. 
Do they turn to the run game with Austin Eckler? I'm just curious how they try to plan this out because the Jaguars defense is playing a lot better. They are creating pressure. They are forcing turnovers. They are slowing down opposing rushing attacks right now. I think it's going to be really interesting how Joe Lombardi tries to attack this Mike Caldwell defense. And last time it did not work. What will they do this time? I think they will have a, a little bit of a different plan, but I wonder if Joe Lombardi has an advantage over Mike Caldwell from a chess match schematic play calling standpoint. We'll find out Saturday night. Final points when we get out of here. I've been talking about the chess match. I think this is one of the best coaching matchups of the weekend. I think it is the best quarterback matchup of the weekend with Trevor and Justin. Can't wait to see them on the field. Two of the best and brightest in the NFL. For me, they are in the top five, squarely, both of these quarterbacks. Uh, I think Justin Herbert is probably a little bit ahead of Trevor Lawrence right now, but he's a year older. He's more experienced. He's in his second year in this system, and... He's had guys like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen to throw the football to. So, yeah, I do think Justin's just a bit ahead. But Trevor could easily stake that claim. Like, I'm the best guy in this conference that's not named Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow. And I'm coming for you, Joe. So, uh, whoever wins this game will have an opportunity to really stake their claim. Whoever plays at, at their highest level. The Jaguars are 5-2 and two at the bank under Doug Peterson in 2022. They've been really strong at home. While the Chargers, they haven't beaten a single winning team on the road in 2022. They will be traveling. They will be um, one day short on rest. Talk about the Chargers played their game this past Sunday. The Jaguars played on Saturday. So the Jaguars have a little bit of extra time when you talk about they have an extra day and they don't have to travel. So... Uh, The Jags definitely have the advantage in that regard. But to give them the biggest home field advantage that they can possibly have, it's going to be on you. It's going to be on the fans. You've got to pack the bank, lock it down, set it off. Be there. Be loud. These moments are not promised. Savor every second of it, Duval. Enjoy the Jaguars taking on the Chargers in the wild card round, 8.15 p.m. on Saturday night in prime time. I can't wait for it. I'll be there with a whole bunch of my friends um, just enjoying this moment because it's been way too long since the Jaguars have been able to uh, to give this to their fans. We're in it. We're in a moment right now. Again, enjoy it. Savor it. Make the most of every single moment you have here while the Jaguars are on this wave. It's not guaranteed, folks. But that will do it. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. I'd like to remind you again, you can hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Let me know what you think about this matchup. Um, you can also follow Generation Jag. We're at Generation Jag. Check out GenJag.com. We just dropped our latest division championship um, shirt, which kind of has that throwback vibe, old school logo on it. So you can go check that out, GenJag.com slash shop. You can also become a channel member here. And of course, hit that like and subscribe button if you enjoy the content. Thanks so much, Duval. Have a great Thursday.